Hey, what's good, people? This is episode 67. This is Sports Debate Tuesday. That man's Rob McLean. The episode starts right now. Yo, what the f, yo? It's been a, it's been a minute. <laughs> has been, has been. Hey, what's up, people? Welcome back to our show, and the daddies are home. All right, this is episode sixty-seven of Sports Debate Tuesday, man, where Rob and I, as volleyball players, want to talk about everything except volleyball, unless we absolutely have to, because it seems like when we talk about volleyball, man, we got a bunch of soft, soft cats, just hypersensitive to everything, man. So. Um, all right, just the same. Here we go. <laughs> we got a lot to talk about. You know, the NBA playoffs happen. I mean, your Knicks got eliminated, but they, you know, a good showing and the Hawks are showing that they're for real, right? So it's not like, you know, you feel a little better because they ain't losing no scrubs. They're, they're sitting there battling the Sixers. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, big UFC pay-per-view. Um, I thought Vittori deserved a shot, but we all kind of knew how that was going to finish. That was, you know, it was a formality against the guy who worked up, right? And that's why the UFC uh, makes people skip the line because people wearing this shot sometimes give murk um a whole bunch of stuff on quick question we're gonna throw a little tennis in the mix too because we don't talk about that enough um and shame and no shame is a, a sales a stale subject matter but because we haven't been we haven't been on the set in, in a minute we we got to readdress this thing that um that we have to do but first things first rob let's talk about the nba the hawks find themselves down at the half think trail by 15 Trail by as much as 20. Came back. One. Even the series are two, two apiece. I'll cut to the chase, Rob, because I talked enough. Are the Sixers in trouble? Well, uh, not necessarily because of what the Hawks are doing, but they're in trouble because of what everybody else is in trouble for, which is the health reasons. You know, Joel Embiid, if he's not 100% healthy, or at least 90% healthy, um, you know, he's, he's got to be their, their number one lead scorer. I, I don't see Tobias Harris picking up that slack. I don't see Ben Simmons picking up that slack. I don't see Seth Curry picking up that slack. Um, I love how that team played by, by, by committee. Uh, when they really started to play by committee and trusting in it, I think Philadelphia is unstoppable, but I think they're just too, it's too early. Um, but they got some really, really, really awesome looking pieces, really long two, three, four hybrid mixed players that can shoot the ball, kind of, you know, play great defense. That's what they need more of, you know, just shut teams down and, you know, systematically you'll be a better skilled team. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, I think it's just a little bit too young for the Hawks. You know, I think whatever the Hawks do here is kind of what Denver did last year. Whatever the Hawks do here is like a, a, a huge um, learning curve. You know, the, the farther they can get, the, whatever they do next year is going to be even better. So, uh, the Hawks, I would love for them to win. I think it's going to be a tough seven-game series. Uh, I, I do see Philadelphia coming out of it, but, again, that's all contingent, contingent on uh, if Joel Embiid is healthy. So, yeah, it's going to be a great series, definitely. So you think they are or they're not in trouble? Uh, I think they're more in trouble than what they were when they started the series, definitely. Uh just because I don't think this, this series should go to seven, you know, and I think it will now. So I definitely think they're in trouble and they have a possibility of losing the series. Yeah. Okay, Rob, keep it. 
McLean, McLean. You mentioned something about the Denver Nuggets last year and like the attitude that they had behind playing behind their their rising superstar, um, where they were playing with house money that made it all the way, I believe, to the conference finals. If memory serves me correct, is is, is that what happened? Mm-hmm. And for all of those same reasons that you mentioned, other reasons why I say I agree with you, there I think the Sixers are in trouble. I think this this team. If it's anything consistent with the Nuggets, they do have a shot at getting to the conference finals and, and they do have a shot at beating the 76ers. And there's a couple of reasons why. Embiid um, has an injury that's not going to go away after this game and it's not going to go away game five or six, you know. And, it, and then this pivotal game seven where sometimes the best team doesn't always win. The team who's hottest wins, right? Because we, we've seen that with the Rockets and Knicks. We've seen that with 73-win team Golden State Warriors and how LeBron James pulled you know, pulled the fast <laughs> pull, pulled the fast one on everybody and for the, all of those reasons I think I think they're in trouble I think Trey Young is playing really good ball man I mean the only thing more impressive than his 25 points with the 18 assist the guy shares the ball distributes the wealth and finding themselves down by by 15 points or, or as much as 18 or 20 points and finding a way to come back shows that they had this mentality is if the worst thing that can happen is we lose okay <laughs> that's you have to you as an elite athlete you're still a practicing volleyball player you're still uh um you know you've been coaching more than than um than playing these days and for for that the juniors will all thank you because you, they, they they don't have enough coaches like you out there but you know more than anybody else that there's it's a liberating feeling you don't have to carry a backpack of high expectations where people if you lose it might hurt your brand or might hurt like future partnerships and this and that but if someone knows you're a good player and respects you and and, and, but knows but believes that the other team is superior you're in the catbird seat dude You're in the catbird seed, Rob McLean. I mean, look, look, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the stats here from the Sixers. I mean, uh, I mean, what is it? Uh, Seth Curry, Steph's brother, put up 17. He's always going to do his thing on the outside. And, and when you call his number, he'll respond. Dwight Howard, you know, uh, is always going to have multiple uh, uh, double-digit uh, rebound games. Tobias Harris, 20 points, 8-15 shooting. Embiid was 0 for 12. In the second half, I mean, and it's one of those things where also as elite athletes, like you have to make a decision. If I if you can't go, sit. Don't be out there, you know, and it's one of my, my least favorite things. Don't be out there and be like, you know, miss all these shots. And then in the and then after the game's over, or if I was better, we would have won. And nobody want to hear that. No time for losers. We are the champions, right? We are the champions, my friend. We'll keep, you know, that kind of mentality. So I co-sign with you, and I got to agree. And we, we're definitely going to have a lot of basketball to talk about, but I think we could wrap this one up quick. We both agree they're in trouble. They're in trouble. Are they, are, are they still favored to win? Yeah. You know, I, I mean, can they still pull this out in, in six or seven games? Yeah, though you and me lean more towards the seventh. Right. Uh, and um, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, no, I just got to say, you know, Embiid pulled 21 rebounds, you know, as well. So it wasn't like he was, uh, you know, limping out there. It's just he really didn't have that touch in that field, maybe mm-hmm. that little extra lift. But uh, yeah, at the end of the day, you got to, you got to, you know, he, he still played basketball. And I think uh, if you look at the stats on some of the other guys, they've got to make shots. But I think you just got to trust in those guys, you know, yeah. trust in that rotation and, 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 and empower them to, to be better. So, but but on offense, at least yeah. decoy. 
right? Maybe, I mean, he's going to get exactly. his rebounds, particularly on the offensive end, too. He's very good at crashing the boards on offense and defense. He's not one of those guys that runs away. But I'm like, dude, like, if you're four for 20 from the field, man, decoy, decoy some of those. You know whether you're injured or not or whether they know you're injured or not, they're going to double-team you, right? Do you agree? The double-team is yeah. going to be there whether you're injured or not. So you got to – yeah, sorry. You had <laughs> – No, you're good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Yeah, and that's – And I'm very interested to see with Doc Rivers, you know, we a very respected coach in this and on, on a global scale, never mind the, na- the domestic, um, you know, league or the National Basketball Association. Very interested to see the adjustments he's going to make because it's not like he doesn't have weapons. He has weapons, and and man, it's going to be. This is exciting, huh? <laughs> this is exciting. Yeah, it's going to be some good series. Trey Young, I never saw. I mean, when I saw him play his, you know, his first year, I didn't see this. I didn't see his sophomore or, you know, whatever season, this is second or third season, I never saw this, this kind of leadership. Like well, being- you know, they, they built this team around him, you know, and uh, they got pretty lucky with John Collins, I think the same year. Uh, you know, they did a great job gra- drafting. If you look at their entire team, their, their whole team is drafted. You know, Kevin Hjorder, Her- uh, he's drafted. You know, you got a, um, you got a great trade over from uh, the Rockets um, for, for their center. And then, you know, they just did a really good job drafting. You know, I got to give it up to the Hawks. No, no doubt, man. And Trey Young. DeAndre Hunter. Yeah. Did you did you see that coming, though? This kid from Oklahoma just out there just, you know, just balling like that? I mean, he had it. I mean, that's the thing is the league is changing. You know, that what what, what, what do you need uh, for, a, for a superstar? What you really need is shooting. You know, Clay Thompson. You know, did you really see that out of? You know, did you really see him being a two-way player out of it? Doesn't matter. He he's a shooter. He can be a lockdown shooter. Pejo Stojakovic, you know, for many years mm-hmm. he was just a lockdown shooter. You know, no matter what he did, touched the ball, he got a three. So you know, people can live with shooting out here in, in, in the NBA. No doubt, <laughs> that's true, man. Very well said. So. Ladies and gentlemen, that's basketball for now. We're definitely going to come back at that with um, one of our other subjects. Quick question. But let's move on to mixed martial arts. It's Again, it's been a minute and there's so many. There were so many house shows that had pretty good main events and this and that. But I bring your attention, Rob McLean, to um, UFC 263. 263. Yeah, Israel, the main event. It was like a... A try main event. I mean, you had yeah. Israel Adesanya against Vittori, right? You had Brandon Moreno winning the title against Davis and Figueredo, which um, we thought he could. I thought he could win, but I didn't. I didn't think. I mean, man, I didn't think he could, he would gangster it like that. Just like Figueredo never got started, and then Nate Diaz, who's such an entertaining, um, enigmatic character, that they made this ma- this match with Leon Edwards five rounds. Uh, it's just it wasn't even like the main event, uh, and it's like Nate Diaz. You just want to see him get started. You want to see his gas tank, and aren't we glad that we got to see five rounds based on what happened in the fifth round? So. So, um, Rob, I'm going to start with you, and I'll go second on each one. I got three questions. What's next for Nate Diaz? What's next for Brenda Moreno? And what's next for um, Nate Diaz? Leon Leon Edwards, I think, deserves a title, the, the, the winner. So I think that's the easy one. So let's start with Nate Diaz. Um, the floor is yours. What do you think Nate Diaz wants to do next or should do next? You know, uh, some people are saying Masvidal, you know, again. Mm-hmm. I think uh, 
you know, I, I think at this point, you know, because I, I just don't like the way he, you know, fights. And I think at the end of the day, that's really what sells tickets. Yeah, he has his backing, but he's not going to garner any new fans. You know, it's kind of just the people he's always had behind him. So uh, when it comes to that, I think you just kind of try to find, uh, you kind of kind of just give him like the newest, youngest talent to try to prop them up on his uh, pay-per-view, you know. So uh, if anything, I'd probably say maybe uh, uh, Masvidal again. You know, see if uh, who who maybe of those two guys will be that gatekeeper of the top five, top six area. Um, uh, when we're talking about Moreno, I mean, I know Figueroa would like to have that trilogy. You know, uh, like you said, I, I, he never got started. Uh, I think Figueroa, you know, wants that rematch. You know, wants to be able to fight them again. I I don't think I don't know if it's necessarily fair. Uh, because it was such a close fight the first time, and that was actually like a, decis- a decisive, it was such a decisive finish, and it was, it was such a quick fight right after that. I don't think we would really, want, I don't think it would do its service to the fans if we ran that back a third time. Um, so let's um, let's stop there. I don't know. Let's stop yeah. there. I, I'm gonna do. Let's do one at a time. Let's do Nate Diaz okay, first. Okay. Um, Nate Diaz. I want to see him go against uh, someone who's a stand-up fighter. Um, these stylist, stylistic mis- mismatches against wrestlers, wrestlers that can take him down but at the same time avoid submission and at the same time use their takedown ability to strike, um, Nate Diaz has, has had a hard time against them. And But at the same time, Nate Diaz right now, his, his he realizes his brand. He's lost... Uh, um, like three, of, I think three of his last four or something like that. Um, no, no, he's two and two. Pettis and um, no, uh, lost three of his last four. He last one was um, Pettis, right. and then he lost to McGregor, Masvidal, and then um, then this guy. But there are so many strikers out there, but don't have a big name. That Diaz is probably telling himself, "I'm not gonna get myself busted up." You know, for like for like forty and forty. You know what I'm saying? I, I need another. Right. Big, you know, but I think he has to realize his star's power is big enough to carry him against if he wants to go against Ponzinibbio, right? Like Santiago Ponzinibbio, a, a name that a lot of people don't know. We would love to see him fight Ferguson, right? It'd be a good rebound fight for both of them. Maybe even a loser, a loser leaves town match for both of them. You know, because Diaz say. Diaz fights in both divisions. Go ahead. I was gonna say even Nate Diaz. You know, if he he takes his you know, talents to another uh, venue, you know, where he doesn't have to fight the UFC. He can kind of keep doing his thing and, and uh, push his, you know, CBD and, and, and marijuana train. You know, I think it might even be best for him to just kind of skip town and uh, go to another venue where he's getting paid the right type of money that he should be getting paid. Yeah. And he's going to bring that those fans right along with him. You know, yeah. I think it's... But I have to say this, you know, on, on that fact that I think it's been amazing how the UFC has not only you know, change over their roster to a younger roster, but still they're running some great talent. Yeah. You know, the MMA world is definitely bringing out some some, some amazing fighters and they, right now. So. And they found a way to do it without holding titles hostage. I mean, the UFC, right. I was disgusted with them like for, uh, three, four years ago. Everything had to be for the belt. <laughs> oh, big fights, big fights. These things do not have to be for the belt to be big fights, right? They made a BMF title right. with Masvidal versus right. Diaz. That sold out. But whatever, the top two pay-per-views ever in the UFC um, were were not for the title. There was it was McGregor and Diaz and McGregor and Diaz, right? Of course Brock Lesnar, you know, um you know, came up third, I think, against 
Frank Mir or something like that. I, knew, I thought that was a big one. But um, they don't have to be for the belt. So you don't have to some guy come out of nowhere and get a title shot. You know what I mean? And I, and I like that because, like you said, it's good for the sport because now the guys who are in the top 15 know that there's some meritocracy. It's not a complete meritocracy, right? Because the fight game is not a meritocracy. It's about it's about your momentum and you still have to win. So we get that too. So it's like half and half. Now Moreno, right? Um, because it's such a tight, uh, top-heavy division with the two of them, the two-horse two race, we're probably looking at a trilogy. And you're right, it's not, I mean, it's going to take years off of both of their life if the, if the next match goes how I think it's going to go. Right, but were you right. not surprised? I, 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 we thought it was going to be another five-round war. Were you not surprised? That, were you surprised at the way Moreno came out um, dominated the first round and submitted him the second round. Figueredo is a tough guy to knock out or submit. Um, and this guy won in all facets. He won with the wrestling. He won with the striking. You know, dropped him the first round. And and then eventually made him say, Uncle, did you see this coming this way? No, I don't think anybody really saw it coming like that. But what I don't, I think Moreno, you know, did exactly what he was supposed to do. You know, I think he did everything right. He, he stuck to what made him his best. Um, and I think, you know, Davidson, and not saying anything against him, but I think he's still just trying to find out what kind of fighter he is. You know, he's got so many tools. He's got so many things he can do. But, like, you have to create that into an offense. You know, one thing works with another thing that opens up, you know, this that, you know, creates your power. Um you know, and, and that's what Moreno was doing. Like he was saying, he's a much more technical fighter. He follows behind something that he believes in, which is that jab. You know, he follows in behind some good takedowns, you know. And uh, I just, you know, when it comes to Davidson, man, uh, I, I think that they are going to run it back. Because like you said, it, it is just, you know, a two-horse race up there. But, man, yeah, Moreno just, uh, just, just totally stifled. Uh, uh, Figueroa. So no, I, there's no way I saw that coming. But it was more on just how uh, Figueroa um, just did not. You know, he really didn't. I didn't see him throw anything that was really damaging. You know, that was uh, you know other than those elbows on his back in the second round. Ooh. You know, other than that. Good lord, yeah, yeah, and it's it's. I mean, I hope they make a whole bunch of money in this trilogy because they're gonna, they're gonna need it to retire early. Right. <laughs> Now here's right. here's the million dollar question. Alex, you know, Adesanya's kind of like Alexander the Great, right? There's in this division there might not be any worlds left to conquer. There's no one bringing up the rare. Uh not a whole lot of people worthy of the rematch. Uh, maybe um, he said he wants Bobby Knuckles. That's Rob Whitaker and that's something I think he's doing just to finish off the year because he um he might have a decision to make. I, I don't I mean he might be too light to fight in light heavyweight and maybe I don't know. Maybe someone comes down. You know, maybe Rocco comes back to 185, which would be awesome because I'd love to see. Because as much as I despise the way Rocco's been be behaving, I think we all want to see Israel whoop his behind. But but stylistically, mm -hmm. Rocco could wrestle. So there's a whole bunch of things that I think that would be whatever. So Rob, um, for me, what's next for Israel Adesanya? And I'm going to give you the floor in a minute. I want I do want to see this match, this rematch with uh, Rob Whitaker, even though we we think it'll probably end the same. 
I'm I'm interested to see if his coaching, if they if their if their plan, their their strategy is something different. You know, maybe they close the distance, maybe they find a way or whatever. Because you know, Bobby Knuckles could um, he could he he doesn't he doesn't even look like he gets tired in these five round fights unless he gets rocked. So um, but I so I think it's Bobby Knuckles, and from there I would love to see Weidman come down. You know, pass his injury, come down or whatever. The problem is he's the champ, and none of these guys are worthy worthy of a title match considering all their losses. But but stylistically as far as what i'd like to see i'd like to see either weidman or rockhold face him but um i don't know Uh, as far as deserving title shot like if the joker hermanson if he gets if he gets a win if he gets another win i think he's right up there because he's only he's only lost once i think to Vittori. so um what's up next man that's this i saved the most difficult for last man what the hell do we do with israel adesanya rob it's true it's true i mean I really like uh, Luke Rockhold. I think that's what uh, they're trying to push eventually, uh, whether it's the next fight or maybe a couple fights after that. Because Luke, man, cannot last in heavyweight. I don't care what the heck you say, what you're thinking. He will not last. You know, he will not last at all. So, or in light heavyweight. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I would love for him to come back down uh, and fight. But, uh, you know, especially with, you know, Khabib training him and whatnot. But, yeah, I don't know. You know, Izzy kind of cleaned out the division um, in, in a sense. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of wondering, you know, where is Johnny Walker eventually? I don't I don't think he's going to get a title fight. But, you know, maybe he could, uh, you know, move down a little bit. He's a big get, dude. He's a big dude. But that's the kind of guys that can lose some weight, you know, and still uh, and still truck at 185. But. I mean, there's, there's a reason why Cyborg didn't go down to 135. Ronda's, Ronda played this whole game. If she wants to fight me, she has to come down to 135. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what's going to happen. This girl's going to suck herself dry and you're going to KO. You're Drag going to stiffen doll. her up. She, I know. I want know, this guy to get in, though. I want this guy to get in. Yes. Johnny Walker, man. Yeah. Get this guy in. He's so dynamic and, like, I mean, losing to Corey Anderson, that that was a tough loss because of the way he got he lost. He got KO'd, showing off, and also he dislocated his shoulder doing the worm. Uh, um, so the, I consider those two losses one to the worm, <laughs> and one to <laughs> right. But nah, if he can do it, if he can do it safely, if, and if he, I, I think a lot of fighters should try to do it in training. Like GSP did a lot of his weight cut in training, and then. The, like the weight cut week was what a lot of those call, uh, those guys call it was just so much easier you know i think some of these guys don't need to it's crazy how these people are still missing weight and we we had that we had a debate about weight you know new weight classes and all that stuff but honestly i think a lot of those guys would miss weight anyway it's just it's just they're not they're not doing it the same way boxers are boxers boxers cut their weight in training and then sauna sauna up you know so right right yep all right so probably cool, a lot smarter <laughs> yeah so we got um I think we got Ige fighting this weekend. Um and I forgot who he's fighting, but um I'll come up with that later on quick question, I think. Um so let's move on. This is this is weird because we, us as volleyball people, it's the one thing we want to talk about the least cuz cuz it's so damn they're so damn sensitive, but Rob, it's our wheel. House. <laughs> All right. So question 3, I'd like to go first because this will give you a sense on how you want to approach this. Um, no layout for this question. The question's straightforward. Have our feelings changed about the American teams going in from where our feelings were before? Rob, I'll go first. Um, and my answer is absolutely yes. I remember saying that 
I got a sense based on years and years of experience, not as some hack on volley talk, right? Years and years of experience as a coach, years and years of experience as a player, years and years of experience as a commentator that they, I watched a lot of Clays and Sponsel's matches and they were, they, to me, they were playing as if they, they didn't believe that if they got to the Olympics, they would win gold. Um, a lot of people thought it was an unfair thing to say, you know, then I got some of the speeches about the gladiators in the arena who, you know, who, who know victory and defeat and this and that. And I'm like, that didn't apply to me, of course, because I've been doing this longer than people have lived at, at a, at a respectable heightened level, right? Adult national championships, German, Germany, professional region one. And, and I'm, and I'm going to stop there because when I start playing the validation game, they got me and I, and I'd be, I despise what I become, but what I would like to do, I do want to take this time to apologize, um, to them. If what I said, um, felt, they felt like it was attacking, their, attacking their character, you know, because someone's will to win is not as out of the bounds of um, talking about someone's skill set. So Kelly Clays and Sarah Sponsor, if, if, if you actually listen to one of these shows for like 10 minutes, this is the 10 minutes I want to take this time and say that if, if what I said inflicted um, um, any disrespect towards your mentality and wanting to win, that's not what I was getting at. I was just, it was, a, we, we're like the first take of volleyball, right? We see some, and our first take, if it's not honest and if it's not organic, um, doesn't come from an honest place, a self-honest place, then the show itself loses its value. So um, for this and only for this, will I say, you know, you know what, Did um, I meant what I said, but at the same time, what I said was not designed to, to disrespect someone. It's just as a coach, like Chuck Daly can say it and get away with it, right? This guy can say it and get away with it. And I think I, I can say it and get away with it, but at the same time, um, got to call it what it is. It's my, it might, they might have taken it as disrespect. I wasn't trying to do that. So with that being said, that's why I wanted to go first. I wanted to get that out of the way. When the facts change, my opinions do. They went to, they went to, to Russia. They murdered it, all right? They went to um, uh, Czech Republic. They murdered it. And like I said in my la my last podcast, they had that face where like um if you saw Game of Thrones, remember that that look that Queen Daenerys when she says Dracarys, and like the, her face goes Dracarys, and that look that stone cold dragon lady queen bitch killer look comes out. Kelly had that. Sponsor had that. And like I told Brian McDermott on my last podcast, when I saw that, I said, "Oh shit! Whoa!" And I, they didn't. They didn't just win these games, Rob. They murdered it. They murdered it. And now that I see some of that killer instinct, that I see all some of these things that are consistent with people that have a winner's mentality. When I see that's those things where someone comes into a tournament with the the expectation not to do the best they can, not to do what they coach, but to win and to win big and to crush it. To have this attitude that that's only consistent with athletes like Betsy Flint. I'll put in that category and Miss D May. If you serve me, I'm a fuck you up. You know, uh, I, that's why I, I thought, honestly, that's why I thought Betsy should have played with Kerry because I didn't see that with, with Sarah Hughes. I didn't see that with Brooke Sweat. I didn't, I, and, I, and with respect to Sponsor, I didn't see that either until the last couple of weeks. They just figured it out. Something popped. Maybe they just thought, hey, at this point, if the worst we, we can do is not go to the Olympics, we're already not going. So let's, you know, let's, let's, let's punch someone in the mouth as hard as we can and maybe we'll go. And that's what happened. So that's how I feel about the women. Um, and I've been talking a lot, but before we go to the men, what are your thoughts on the women, the two women's, women's teams going in? Yeah, I mean, we 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 kind of didn't know about uh, if it was going to be Carrie and Brooke or uh, Kelly and, and Sarah. And, you know, I even chose uh, 
Kelly and Brooke. Um, and I'm glad that Kerry and, and Sarah made it in. Uh, they are clearly the team that's the better team at the moment. Yep. Um, it was for me, it was just, was this long break going to affect the, the momentum they created earlier or not? Like that it was, that was my only right. catch up. Um, and then the only, the other thing is, is more of a, I think it's for both teams. You know, they don't make some easy plays look so easy. You know, they make some of the hard plays look easy, but the easy plays, you know, they, they, they don't score, let's say, on the highest clip we would want them. So I think that's really just the, the issue. Um, when maybe Alex and April kind of make it look a lot easier than most teams sometimes. So um, I think we just try to hold our teams at a really high standard. And if there's a choice between, you know, 2A and 2B, uh, and we're splitting hairs, I don't think that's a terrible thing. You know, I just think we're, we're talking about what our preferences are over uh, if if they're good or not. I yeah. think if they're at an Olympic level and mm-hmm. somebody's saying that they're not good, then that's not really a valid uh, comment. So, But how much does momentum know. mean? Like, if with momentum being everything, like... Like Ross and Kleinman, they don't they're they're coming into the Olympics with bad momentum, but honestly I think when push came to shove and when the games actually start, I think there'll be a level of heightened enthusiasm where I think they're gonna find their way to the podium. But now I'm not just thinking one team to the podium. I'm thinking I'm thinking two. I'm thinking these uh, these these girls are roaring into the Olympics right now. I'm a I look. Mean, I'm a USA guy. I want to see. The, I want to see us do good. I just. I can't. I just can't lie to myself. But not. Sorry. Go ahead. So I mean, the Olympics are a fully loaded five star. You know what I mean? Like that's. So I. I don't think. I'm not going to say that our twos team or our, our Kelly and Sarah are going to medal necessarily. Um, I think they can definitely compete. I think they should definitely be in the. You know, round of thirty-two, round of sixteen, even maybe. Um, but uh, but they could. Yeah, yeah, they could. They can compete, and if they're there and si- at the round of sixteen, you know, they're that anybody can. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I definitely see April and Alex have a lot more of the, you know, let's we may have the easier pool. Let's handle business. Let's get to the you know the quarters and the semis early and, and take our break and stat and and. and um, and, and figure out how we're going to win this tournament. You know, where Kelly and Sarah are more on the every team we face, we got to crush them. <laughs> no, know? no doubt, no doubt. So uh, yeah, different different areas, you know. But yeah. I, you know, talking on, do do I have a different feeling on them? Absolutely. I think this is the right teams that should go, and I think they, um, regardless if they work with each other or not, they should challenge each other uh, by having a better result than 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 one another. You know, so um, yeah, I think it's a great. Great choice. These are the right teams to go. Right. For the men, um, this is a show where we, if we start lying to people, then the show's not worth having. Like, there are so many people out there that would have rather seen Trevor and Trigo instead of Phil and Nick as much as people like Phil and Nick. But at the end of the day, Phil and Nick were playing their best volleyball at the right time. And that little Doha thing where um they didn't make country quota was just enough for phil to 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 go ahead and play play keep away ball and get that second spot you know taylor and and whatever we already knew they were going we don't have um we don't a lot of people don't have high hopes of them meddling but uh but just like clay's and sponsor they can like taylor jake gets on he's he's a streaky blocker and 
even when their games were one of them is playing is balling out of their mind and the other one's playing okay those games have been good enough to win but at the end you're right you got Qatar you got Norway you got you got those guys who have not been, played their best ball in the spring and when they and the Olympics is going to be about I really think it's going to be about everybody playing their best and 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 I got a comment we're, we're live I got a comment section someone said no we're not doing um, good the last few tournaments but Andorra's Mall has a knee issue where they, they actually just thought about pulling out in fact the third tournament in Cancun they, wow. they were just like wait a second we already got our spot don't be don't you know be doing nothing stupid no one's gonna like right yeah. if they they could not they could have not played all of Cancun and still went to the Olympics <laughs> you know totally. so you know coming to volleyball coming to the beach without a tan <laughs> I love those Vikings but yeah so I like didn't like Phil and Nick before um, uh, but I like them now because they, they're mature enough to understand the situation and energy efficiency. And, and when the Olympics come, I think both of them will be galvanized. Like Phil, it's just, it almost seems like he's going through the motions. He looks like Jay Cutler signing his freaking contract, for Christ's sakes. But I know in my heart of hearts when, when the games come, he's going he's gonna to have something, that uh, this line on his face that looks like a smile. And and of course Nick is definitely going to be up, and Taylor will his first Olympics. Man, I've been down. I've been down with Taylor Crab from day one. Even though um, I have doubt, I have doubted him sometimes, and he's called me out on those things. So, <laughs> so your thoughts on the two men's teams? Yeah, you know I'm I'm uh, worried, you know, about not meddling this year. Uh, I think the the Europe, just the European scene is just incredibly tough. Um, yeah. And uh, I don't know. You know I, I don't think they're going to meddle either. I, I'll, look, I'll eat that crow if they do, but sorry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I just say, you know, I, I love for them to prove me wrong and, you know, then we'll figure out what they did differently than where they are now because, like we were, like the comments said, you know, the way they finished in the last couple of tournaments does not make me uh, confident that they're going to, you know, not even just, you know, win games, but, you know, decisively win games where they're not, gassing themselves in three three games in a row and then it's like uh they they have a team they might be able to beat a little easier it's another three game set you know it's just yeah there's certain things like that with volleyball like you got to be on your game you know to 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 get to the final or to get to the round of 16 you know the the games to get into the the medals you got to be fresh for that so yeah and that's the same thing with uh phil and nick like yeah phil might be able to do that but nick is gonna have to play his best ball every single point you know and uh for me it's just he's just got to side out you know defensively their their dna is made to play defense you know phil is just such a good blocker such a good transition setter and nick is such a hustling kind of you know a person if he gets into that mindset that's that uh mind state so um yeah, I just think they just focus on side out, and and they could compete, sure, but uh, they're definitely outside looking in, as yeah. opposed to maybe the women's are a bit more on the inside, uh, you know, in, in a top top position, mm-hmm. especially Hyman and Alex, uh, thinking everybody's got to beat us. Yeah, you know? I but Clay's in sponsor. I see a Dane and Fanoi thing coming. I think they're, you For know sure. what I mean? Like, even, like, people shouldn't take this as an insult because even Dane Blanton admitted to me that their trip to Sydney was not to win the gold. Their trip to Sydney was to make the quarterfinals. If they make the quarterfinals, they're like, if we get this far, cool, then maybe we got momentum and then we'll, we'll reassess and we'll go from there. So, right? But nobody was, I mean, 
but so they you're talking to a guy who won a gold medal who in his heart of hearts didn't think he was gonna win <laughs> okay so so i mean and, and this guy admitted it to me so it's not like we're, we're you know i'm i made this far reach which i'm i'm you know and and, and in the year 2000 we I'm, we wouldn't even have to apologize for feelings but um and i'm not apologizing because someone's making me it's just that when i'm saying it sometimes i don't know if it's if someone takes that personally or not, you know, you're, are you, if, if you're not waiting tables at night, this is all you're doing 24 seven, you know, and then someone's like, who's this guy that's never, never done this to say that, you know, well, you know, but we need to have that conversation because one, I'm 50. I have done that. I don't feel like doing this at 50. <laughs> okay. And, and, and two, you don't have to be a doctor to know if someone gets shot in the head, that they're gonna die. You don't have to be a surgeon. You 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 base it on years and years of experience of watching people getting shot in the head. They get shot in the head, they're gonna die, right? You know. I mean, it's just <laughs> casual observation, yes. you know. And I think and it goes down it again to, you know, the fragility of people's, you know, I, I don't want to say ego, but this is, you know, the way. That but this they is why you don't like talking about this. <laughs> this is I why you don't like really talking don't. about this. Hmm? I really don't. Yeah. And because, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> because, yeah. Because, yeah. Aspect, it, it, but honestly, it is sports psychology in a sense, you know, where, you know, what, what people talk about in, in a certain situation, like, oh, yeah, I just meant to say it, but why did you say that? You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's just a lot of little small things. Yeah. And we're, dude, people act like, I'm, I don't mean to get on the bandwagon fallacy, all right? I'm not the only one that felt or feels this way sorry okay ask a friend take a freaking poll and I, and again i'm not trying to get on the bandwagon fallacy assuming that just because the premise is popular that it's right i'm not saying that everyone that feels that way is right i'm just saying that you should not be dismissive of they should not be dismissive of, of people who, who years and years of experience as a coach and a player knows knows uh, and, and consistent with the behavior or certain characteristics knows it when they see it okay like, remember I told you before, a woman a woman has a certain face that men don't have, but they know it when they see it, when they have grief and anger, right? Then they, they want to lash out. See the face? They want to lash out, but they can't. But at the same time, they, they don't want you to see them cry. Um, now, and for men, like, if we're too close to get away, then just hug them because we're in the eye of the storm. It's the only thing you could do. But if we're far enough to get away, just be somewhere else, right? Am I a woman? Do, uh, no, I'm not a woman, but... I've lived on this planet long enough to know to know that look when I see it. And now I'm going to stop talking about this because anything else feels like justification. And, and I don't this is a this is a talk show. I don't need to justify shit, dude. You know, I'm just just making sure not too many feelings. I heard, you know, uh, let's moving on uh, our. F- well, my personal personal favorite. We're going to talk a little bit about Osaka. But this section is called to shame or not to shame. 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 Okay, Rob. Let's fix this. Let's do that. And here we are, Rob. Okay, Rob, this is um more of an acute, more difficult topic to talk about, but we bring your attention to tennis. This is kind of stale news to some, but because we haven't done the show in a while, here we go. 
Naomi Osaka says she won't talk to the media at the French Open, citing mental health. She said, quote, we're often sat there and asked questions that we've been asked multiple times before or asked questions that bring doubt into our minds. And I'm just not going to subject to myself to people that doubt me. Um, Rob, the question is to shame or not to shame. Do I go first on this? Sure. All right, cool. So glad because I'm I'm wound up over this. All right, Rob, keep it McLean, McLean. I gotta go shame. Shame on her. Okay? Everybody's like, oh, good for you, stand up yourself. Oh, baloney. Nonsense. Absolute bullshit. All right. There are people that work a job, all right, and they get paid to do this job. And there are certain things in this job that they don't really, really want to do, but they knew going in that comes with the job and and they do it if they want to get paid. All right. Osaka, she's a tennis player. She gets paid millions and millions of dollars by the fans who support and love her, by the way. And part of their job description is media obligations. If it's media obligations, and and if that's part of your job, you do your job, okay? Mental health notwithstanding. There are people out there doing worse than her for less money that they they, they know they have to do to to get money. So you don't decide you wake up one day that you don't like, you're not going to do your job because you don't like something about your job. You don't like your job? Quit, dude. I know I'm sounding cold about that but media obligations and the media asking these questions are the ones that actually generate fan participation and fan participation make sure she gets paid shame rob yeah i mean um it's definitely a difficult issue because um you know as a player in multiple uh sports uh, just watching all these sports you know watch players after games they lash out all the time, you know, and they get fined for that. So it's not just necessarily that they have to be in that media aspect, uh, atmosphere, but they have to act only a specific way. They have to, you know, hold up a certain character as opposed to actually being able to express who they are and what they are in that time. So I have to side with the player on this in the sense that there is a middle ground here, not that, uh, we need to change everything. And because she said something, it needs to change. It has to change right now. But like, let's start having that conversation. Let's start, you know, meeting with the players and seeing, is there a better time we can have, uh, you know, a, a post-game press conference uh, that, that could give you maybe 15 minutes to decompress so that you know you have time to take that loss or take that, you know, because sometimes it's literally right after you play. And sometimes it's, you know, 15, 20 minutes after the locker room, you know, or after – you know, after you get, you know, you're able to take your words in and take your thoughts in and be able to express yourself correctly. So, and, and they don't give you a chance. Like if, if they say media, they, they, they force you to do that. It's not like, oh, okay, you know, we'll give you that 15, 30 minutes. It's like they're on a time, time, uh, a time slot, just like, um, you know, just like everybody else is. So they can't really hold things back for people. So I, I definitely have to side with the, with, the, with the players on that. I think there has to be a skewing, Rob. I think, Look, for mixed martial arts, I'm just going to say it like this. You should never interview the loser, all right? <laughs> I, I, when when Stipe Miocic knocked out Alistair Overeem and they interviewed him as a loser, he's like, he, he's like, oh, I'm th- I, this guy tapped out. I felt him tap. And Joe Rogan showing a replay or whatever, he's like, well, I'm pretty sure he tapped. The dude Where? just got, the dude just <laughs> yeah. got knocked out cold. Right. And not just, right. you know, some of finishes, they cover up. They're not intelligent, intelligent, intelligently defending themselves. So those are TKOs. You don't. Yeah. OK, so I'm just using MMA as an example, maybe as a straw man, uh, a fallacy. Um, 
you don't interview the the guy who just got knocked out, right? Because because they're not in their, okay. Citing as a pretext, they're not in their right mind. And sometimes when you lose a, t- a close tennis match, a, t- a match maybe you thought and it hurts and you're trying to deal with like you strategize and the strategy didn't work and you're still trying to put all these things together and then you guys got the media. This, this press room asking the exact same questions that the press room uh, that the press asked uh, before you got there and then your next media obligation the exact same questions some even verbatim it becomes annoying and and I understand that um, some of these questions are stupid and like you said to be a, a consistent character where you don't you don't alienate people who look up to you it's very difficult to say, dude, okay, you used a question up. That was stupid. <laughs> okay. Not everybody's that thick skin, you know, like Nick Nolte was like, any questions, stupid or otherwise? Says, we want your comment on the basketball kicking incident. He goes, the basketball kicking incident. Our right, next question. You used yours up. That was stupid. <laughs> you know, so, so I don't say I don't sympathize or even empathize with the players, but this is something you know coming in. All right. Same thing with movie stars. They they want they make all millions of dollars and they want the, all this, but at the same time, they don't want they 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 want a private life too. They want to be able to go out or whatever. That's that's what comes with the territory. And and anyone that tells a millionaire or sides with a millionaire and talks about oh that's not fair has to be the worst case of Stockholm syndrome I've ever seen because you got people out there that are making significantly less that are doing a whole bunch of things and what do we tell those people they tell them life isn't fair so why the the f are these celebrities and these these millionaire athletes why are they exempt from us saying life isn't fair you know, so that's that's my argument. Um, I love your argument, and you all, ooh, you almost had me. You almost had me switch over because everything you said, Rob, everything you said is on point. It's a hundred percent true, man. There's nothing you said that was a lie, man. I got you know, oh, ah. <laughs> cool, man. I like that. I'm glad, and I'm glad we addressed it a little too, a little too late, but at least with us, it comes from a place where everybody can understand and pick a side. Uh, quick question, Rob. That's our next category, and I guess I got to yeah. sing it. Quick question, quick question. God, we love going live. <laughs> quick question, should we continue to interview losers and winners? I already answered that, no, no. You got, you got plenty of time, right? You get, you can have an hour just talking to the winners. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know, leave, the, leave the losers alone sometimes. That is a mental health thing. Uh, quick question: Bucks versus the Nets tonight. Who wins? Yeah, I gotta go with the Bucks. I go with Bucks. Um, quick question: Who's the better? Oh, who wins the series between the Bucks and Nets? I think it's the Nets, honestly. You think they pull it out? I think they do. Yeah, I you think know? Kevin. Has, I think Kevin Durant's gonna have to put up a forty and a fifty burger. I think it goes yeah. to Game Seven, and I think to win one of those last two games, right? But let me ask you: If somebody said, "Hey, you got KD by himself with an okay team, mm-hmm. and he's going to put up forty or fifty, would you put chances on that, or would you put the chances on Milwaukee winning?" I'll put chances on Milwaukee winning because I've seen Ooh. I've seen him put up fifty-one against the Raptors, and the Raptors still find a way to win. So yeah, but that's so, the Raptors; it's a different team. You're right. 
The Raptors are an actual team. I Milwaukee, just hate that they, they're ready. everyone's ready to give Durant a pass. Oh, this guy. He didn't have this guy. He didn't that guy have that guy. Freaking Greek freak that has went seasons not having any of those guys. And and then, but but us, at the, in the very same breath, oh, he's not good enough, right? Don't We don't say Kevin's not good enough when he don't have backup. That's yeah, not but fair. That's like saying that's like saying, oh, like if Carl Malone didn't have John Stockton, you know, he wouldn't be the same player. He wouldn't because he can't dribble the ball. You know what right. I mean? Like Kevin Durant can shoot. And that's that's all we can we could literally stop it right there. Okay. And then that'll be the end of the story. <laughs> but like he can shoot, dribble, he can run his team's mm-hmm. offense, he can rebound, and he can play defense. You know, Greek Freak is he can rebound and play defense. And I don't care how good he can do it. You know, rebound, play defense. That's how he gets buckets. He doesn't really get, he doesn't score. He doesn't score. It's true. You know, so no matter what you want to say, like, they're just not on the same level. Giannis will never be a superstar. He will always be, like, the biggest star you'll ever he, see. I'm sorry. And he won't have the same excuses everybody else has. It's, it's, yeah. You know, uh, you can't say, oh, Giannis, what, what did he do? Oh, he didn't score. Well, he doesn't score. <laughs> no. He doesn't ever score anyway, okay. so. I get that. You know, he never has any bad things about him because it's not really that potential of like he should be doing this, you know? Yep. Got it. Quick question. Um, Sorry. (laughs) No, that's so much for a quick question, right? No, super necessary. (laughs) Maybe we should have saved that for the end. Uh, Quick question. Who's the better matchup for the Suns, Clippers or Jazz? Um, I think it's the Jazz because I think they're a little uh, banged up right now. And the Clippers, I think they're just kind of revving up. You know, I think if they get out of this series, they're going to be really dangerous. I go with Jazz for the exact same reasons. If the Clippers win, there's too much momentum. Um, who wins between the Clippers and Jazz? Quick question. I think who it's going to be – oof, man. I think it's going to be the Clippers, honestly. I think it's going to be the Jazz. Uh, quick question. Is Aaron Rodgers going to make it to the regular season with the Packers? <laughs> no wonder we got cut off. <laughs> right. They wanted to make sure that we knew what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um I think he's going to make it with the team, but I don't think he's going to make. Uh, he's going to be on the field. He's definitely going to make it with the team, but I think he's going to make the the entire team and organization miserable until he's at until he's gone. You know, and and that sucks because there are a lot of players that stand to lose because of his his money situation. It trickles down. Quick question: Kawhi Leonard's dunk is it in the best? Was that the best one in the playoffs so far? Ooh, for sure. Not 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 even a question. Cool. Um. Quick question. Are we really interested in Paul versus Tyron Woodley? No, absolutely not. Me neither. Quick question. Is Vogel's job in trouble with the Lakers? Uh, yeah, just because I think there's just going to be a, a whole sweeping changes of things happening. So, um, I say yeah, yes because when – No, I, I say yes because when LeBron loses, it's always someone else's fault and – I mean, he was – Paul's pretty much – I mean, he's pretty – there's a reason why Jason Kidd's the assistant coach. They they had it set up like that. Um, quick question, is Monty Williams the true coach of the year? Absolutely. I liked Thibodeau um, a few weeks ago, but I'm loving Monty Williams now, dude. Oof. Yeah, but he looks like a guy who don't really care. <laughs> he's looking for that championship. Definitely. With a team that doesn't care either. Chris Paul is going to – finally earned them state farm commercials um <laughs> quick question is luca the true mvp i say yes no no no, no. Nope. okay absolutely not quick question they got it they actually, it? but i'm gonna say they actually got it right the one guy who really wasn't hurt that much this year and who played at the highest level 
Okay. Nice. Um, quick question. Is Roger Federer pulling out of the French Open bad for tennis? Um, I don't know if it's bad for tennis. I think he's just been great for tennis for so long. That yeah. We forget that <laughs> Yeah. sometimes they, they aren't machines. No, I would say no, because it's not a team sport where like, if you have all these surgeries like basketball, you could play micromanage five minutes, five minutes or baseball X amount of innings. Right. Um, right. Uh, he, he has a choice to make and and this you you don't know what the hell grueling is until you've seen a three out of five men's match under whatever conditions so. three hours you know and 92 degree it's just 77 oh, 70 humidity like it's ridiculous Dude, the conditions bugger off man wow yeah quick question is serena williams hurting her legacy by continuing to play loaded question um i don't think so yeah, I don't think so, and it's hard loaded. It's a loaded question because you said quick question first. Uh, <laughs> I saved it for the end. That's the last one. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, good. You know, I don't think she's hurting her legacy. I think she's just trying to, like any other athlete would, trying to extend her legacy. And sometimes it doesn't look the same as it does when you were younger. But at the end of the day, she's still trying to fight to to get what twenty two. You know, twenty two major wins or twenty one major wins. You know, I know everybody's saying, oh, she's been there for so long, but she's also been right there for so long at, you know, with to be one of the greatest female tennis athletes of all time, possibly one of the greatest, at least American female athletes of all time. And people are saying, is she hurting her legacy? How? Who? Yeah. Like, what? Come <laughs> on, no, I think. Was well, elite athletes, I think she's earned the right to play as long as she wants, and and she's exactly. and she's she's earned the right to suck. And look, in sports, the um, I don't believe Father Time's undefeated. I do believe Father Time wins in the end. I've seen Father Time get his ass kicked too many times as to not to call him undefeated. He's not undefeated. He's just he, but he is a champ. Um, and at some point, I mean, it's all nice to retire when you're on top, just to to cement this thing. But like. Rocky Marciano retired undefeated. Muhammad Ali didn't, but Muhammad Ali, Muhammad Ali is still the greatest, right? Because he decided to go as long as he wants. So you're right. I don't think it hurts it. Um, will CP3 be considered the top five point guard if, with a chip if he wins a ring? Uh, I mean, I don't think that would make him a top five point I think he already is because the point guard position has been lost nowadays. Yeah. You know, if you want to talk about assists, assist artists, those people who can do it and who actually do do it, mm -hmm. you know, it's not just the ones who can pass, but the ones who pass and do the pass. Um, yeah. You know, it's, I think he's top three point guard in the league because of, and I said this to a buddy of mine yesterday, sorry, again, not quick question, but um, you know, what losing team has Chris Paul been on? You know, the worst team he was on was the team that they tried to create around him, which was the, the new Orleans Hornets back in the day you know, before they came to Charlotte Hornets. So, man, he's been the best point guard probably in the league for a very long time, and nobody's really been able to know, you know. So yeah. more power to him, more up to him. I agree with you. Chip or no chip, he's still considered that. He, he was there. He was already there. Cool, guys. Well, that's the end of the quick question. But, ladies and gentlemen, before – 
we go. I want to give a quick shout out to New Orleans, uh, Coconut Beach. They had a big co-promotion, the AVP, and they gave me the honor, duty, and privilege of doing color commentary um, and some play-by-play on both center court and court one. It was a chance for me to allow my strengths to play to the needs of the sport, and this is where I think I belong, and this is where I think I, uh, as far as deserve has, has, if deserve has anything to do with it, I think, and paying dues and putting the time in to lead to, to, to moments like this, um, it was a true, it was a true, um, just exhilarating, exciting experience for me, and I think I'm eternally grateful for the opportunity. Big up to Blue Nose Athletics, Evan Corey, you know, who won the um, the Coconut Beach Open, beat Rafa Rodriguez and then Peter Marciniak. Peter had some, you know, uh, cramping or whatever in this and that, but the point is, Corey did not. And when it was time for him to deliver, when it was up, his opportunity to reach up and grab that brass ring, nobody should take that victory. So congratulations to that guy. Big up to the guy who's young but betting on himself. He has his own hats, clothing line, and apparel, Blue Nose Athletics. Um, you can't be mad at a guy, at a kid, you know, trying to entrepreneur himself because this is the first thing old people tell kids what they should do right you know they they're like you need to you know go out there and take chances and guess what he's doing it so big up to him <clears throat> yeah oh yeah and i also told him when he comes he, sh- he should train with you because he's he you know you have you offer very acute training to athletes who are looking to fine tune their game so yeah i told him to come see a minute you. but uh yeah yeah good dude and you know i'll yeah. see him when he comes around yeah i told him to come see you as far as because look this whole coconut bitch thing was not about star power. It was best man for the job. That's and that's why they wanted me. Um, and this, for that same reason, why I think he should he should train with you a couple of days. Um, it's best man for the job. It's best man for the job. You know, we we have differing philosophies on this and that on, on adults and this and that. But at the end of the day, nobody gets worse under under us. But I really but I like your style, and I just wanted to say that about about you before I left before we let this podcast. Rob McLean. Is there anything you want to say to the world population and the American people before we leave? Thank goodness the AVP dropped an AVP schedule. Ooh. Yeah. Hey, listen, <laughs> so, yeah, that's, Atlantic that's City is, gonna, is a great launching point, too, because Atlantic mm-hmm. City is a next, but they're going to treat that. I mean, the merchandising and, and the setup was is, if it's anything like Coconut Beach, it's going to be first class, so. Yep. All right, Rob, we got to go. You got to go, coach. I got to do whatever it is I do when I'm not podcasting. So for all of you at home, for all of you on your desktop, for all of you, all the rest of that, for Rob, keep it McLean McLean. This is episode 67 of Sports Debate Tuesday. I'm Jason DeBeas. Love you to pieces. Take care, people. Come check out the Option Podcast on optiondb.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're going to love what you hear.